Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the JAR. We're so glad that you are here this morning, uh, especially with our heat wave of uh, 40 degrees. Woo! Yeah. Can you believe that? 40 degrees. I never thought we'd see 40 until like March, so uh, we're grateful for that. Hey, I want to give you a little update on our Reveal Spiritual Inventory that we're trying to encourage everyone uh, to fill out. And uh, out of one of the little inserts, it looks like this, and on the top it says Spiritual Life Survey. And the update I want to give is that we've had 30 people sign up, uh, or actually take the inventory. 30 people have taken it. But our goal is 100. So that means there's about 70 of you that haven't done squat yet, okay? So, make it a priority today before you leave to either take the inventory, uh, it's in the conference room, there are computers set up that you can take it there, or when you get home, just do it. Now, the Super Bowl doesn't start till 6 o'clock, okay? This thing only takes 15 minutes to do. And some of you, I've seen you forward me things to do surveys on much dumber things, all right? So um, make sure that you uh, fill this out. It'll only take you 15 to 20 minutes, um, but it'll help us out a lot. Also, I want to remind us again about our theme for this year. And uh, can anyone tell us what our theme is for this year? Wow, you guys are good. All right, let's all say that together. Uh, we'll, it, it's a line in 09 if you're brand new and you're like, I don't even want to say anything. That's all right. Don't say anything if it's your first time. But for everyone else, let's say a line in 09 on three, okay? One, two, three. A line in 09. And that's what we want to do. We want to align our lives, our church, our family, and our community into a closer relationship with Jesus. And so what we're going to do, just so we're all on the same page, we're going to go through kind of the four key uh, goals that we want everyone to succeed in over this next year. And they'll come up on the board here. So let's read this together, okay? Uh, Spend time, that means all of us, all right? Let's try it again. Spend time with God. Set aside ten minutes a day to talk to God through prayer and reading the Bible. Now, that's what we talked about in our series, Road Trip, in the first two weeks. We talked about this uh, kind of diagram in which the key to this particular goal is the relationship between God and you. And the relationship always starts first with God, and then it comes to you. And the key to that relationship is the word intimacy, that you want to be able to connect with God in an intimate way. In the first two weeks, we talked about two tools that help us to have a relationship with God. Can anybody tell me what those two were? Prayer? Good. What else? Reading the Bible. So those were what we talked in that week, and that's what we want to encourage people to do with our first goal. Here's the second one. Let's read it together. I'll look this way so you can see my lips getting ready to move, okay? Goal number two, share in community. Regularly attend Sunday celebrations. Be a part of a small group with ten other people. Now, the vertical bar is God and you. The horizontal part of the cross is you and others. 
And the key to you and others is community. And the way that we do that is through small groups. And starting in March, we're going to give everybody an opportunity to be a part of a small group for a four-week period. We're going to be doing a church-wide campaign called Walk Across the Room. And uh, there will be an opportunity for you to sign up for that today. And if you're like, oh, I'm not sure about small groups, well, look at it this way. You can just do it for four weeks, and then after that, it's no commitment. But uh, that's what this relationship is between you and others. Okay, goal number three. Serve the church. Find a way that you can use your talents to serve in the church. And that's what all these helping hands are around. We'll talk about uh, that today as you'll get a chance to sign up. And here's our last one. Seek out. Pray for two people who are not connected with Christ or the church. And next week, what we want to ask you to do is to be praying this week about two people. Either a friend or a family member who is disconnected from Christ or the church. And then secondly, a neighbor or a co-worker who's disconnected from Christ or the church. And we're going to give you an opportunity to write those names down. And we'll be praying for these people throughout the next year that they would get connected to God. Now, these need to be people that you know. For instance, and, and that are closely, you know, in proximity to where you live. For instance, Aunt Edna in Florida, who is going to die before you see her next, don't put her name down, okay? Not that we don't want her to go to heaven and all that kind of stuff, but you're not going to have the same experience with Aunt Edna as you will with somebody who, uh, you know, you connect with on a regular basis. Is anyone here named Edna? Good. That would have been bad. All right. Now, goals three and four are this horizontal bar between you and others. And we're building community. And what comes outside of this is a word that we're going to talk about in the next two weeks, and it's called outreach. Outreach. How we reach out to other people. Because it's an important piece, but it's a piece that often people are intimidated by. And the best way to reach out to other people is through serving. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I love this topic. And giving your life away because of what God has given us is what serving is all about. Now, the first question that we need to ask ourselves is, what is serving? What is serving? What does it mean to serve? And first of all, serving is this. A foundational discipline of the Christian faith. Okay? A foundational discipline of the Christian faith. Now, when I say this word discipline, I'm not talking about punishment. I'm not talking about, you know, time out or a spanking or, you know, getting grounded for endless periods of your life, you know. My dad used to always do that. You're grounded for the next two months. And then like two days later, he couldn't deal with us and we were, you know, off doing our own thing. That's not what I'm talking about when I refer to discipline, okay? When I talk about discipline, what I'm talking about is a training method that helps you grow closer to God. A training method that helps you grow closer to God. 
And the first two weeks, we talked about two of these. Again, what were they? Prayer and reading the Bible. You do those two things and you have an intimate relationship uh, with God. Well, in the same way, serving is a discipline. A training method to help you grow closer to God. Now, here at the JAR, we believe strongly that we are called to be a servant community. That we are to reach outside ourselves to serve. In fact, our understanding of serving is this. Being outward focused in heart and mind. That you need to be outward focused in heart and mind. You know, one of my biggest fears is, is that I talk about serving too much here. That um, when I get up to talk, some of you are like, ah, oh, great, here goes Bunch again, talking about serving and loving people. Do I ever talk about that too much? No? Okay, well, good. Because um, next week... Uh, our setup team will have about 150 volunteers at 8.30 uh, for you guys to come and, and participate. Because they get grumpy when they don't get enough people to help them out, okay? So uh, we want to encourage you uh, to uh, help them not to be grumpy. But today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Over the past few years, I have always given the message. I've always kind of taught that unless I was not here. But today, you're going to give the teaching. You're going to give the message. So greeters, lock the door. (laughs) Don't let them out. Don't let them leave. No one run out. But what I'm going to do is I'm simply going to tell you what many of you have told me about your life in serving Jesus and others. In fact, we're only going to look at one Scripture verse today. But it's kind of the classical Scripture verse on serving, and it's Mark 10.45. You can write that down. Mark 10, verse 45. Now, in my mind, this Scripture kind of sums up in one verse more than what I could ever teach on in 30 minutes. It's one of those Scriptures that I think when you look at it, you're going to say, well, who am I to do anything less. Now let me give you a little bit of background before we get to the verse, okay? Jesus has been hanging out with His twelve disciples. When Jesus first started His public ministry, He asked twelve people to follow Him. And two of those were brothers who were fishermen. One was named James, and the other one was named John. And one day, they come up to Jesus and they ask Him, Hey Jesus, we want You to do a favor for us. We want you to let us sit by your right and your left hand side when you get to heaven. Now that sounds like a pretty reasonable request, doesn't it? I mean, if you're connected to Jesus and you know he's God's son, he's all powerful and you know he's going to go to heaven one day and you want to be close to him. But guess what happened when the other ten found out that these two had beat him to the bunch? Do you think that they were kind of excited? They're like, oh, great, James and John, you guys get to sit by the right and the left-hand side of God. We're so excited about that. We're just great. We feel good that you got there before us. You think that's the way they responded? 
No. They were ticked off. They were mad because they asked the question before Jesus did. And Jesus hears all of this going on. And so he talks about the fact that in his kingdom, things are upside down. He says the people who are great in the, in the kingdom of God are the least in God's eyes. And the disciples kind of look and are like, what? Yeah, the greatest on earth are going to be the least. And the least on earth will be the greatest. And so he says, don't push or shove or try to get the best seat in the house. He says, don't intimidate or manipulate just so that you become number one. But let God put you where He wants to put you. Think about being humble. Think about being available to serve other people. Think about putting someone else's needs above your own. I mean, just think about how much the world is screwed up, guys, Jesus is saying. And do you want to be like that? And then He says these powerful words in Mark 10, verse 45... And uh, let's read it together, okay? Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. You know, I love that verse. Because in developing a servant heart, He said it begins, first of all, by understanding who the greatest servant is and the ransom or the rescue that He gave for us. And that if Jesus did that for us, how much more could we not do that for Him? You see, the key to serving is this. Moving from inward focus to being outward focused. Moving from being inward focused to being outward focused. You know, there's a natural progression that takes place when you go from being inward-focused to outward-focused, and this is what it is, you become healthier physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You become a healthier person when you serve. I was reading some medical research this week, and physiologically, it is a fact that a person who serves is healthier and has less battles with discouragement and depression than people who don't serve. It's physiological. It means they've studied people. People who are serving live longer. They're healthier. They are more spiritual in nature. So let's kind of uh, go from there. And let me say this. Anyone who is narcissistic, you show me anyone who is narcissistic, who is self-absorbed, and I will show you a person at the depths of their heart who is unhappy and who is insecure. I don't care how cocky or confident they kind of come across. I don't care if they're the life of the party and they're always the center of a small group. Those people aren't healthy. Healthy people are people who are humble, who give themselves away. So let's get into the teaching this morning. The teaching that you're going to give to me because so many of you are living out servant hearts. Now the teaching begins with an email I received uh, this last week by a guy by the name of John. And this is what it was titled. Telephone scam. 
or so I thought. Okay? Telephone scam, or so I thought. Here it is. Just before Christmas last year, 2007, I received a phone call from an elderly woman thanking me for all I had done for her in the previous year. The only problem? I didn't help any elderly woman in the previous year. I asked her who she thought I was, and she said, the Salvation Army. At first, I was kind of flattered by this, and I thought, man, I've never been called the Salvation Army before. But I knew I couldn't lie, so I confessed, no, she had the wrong number. And she said, well, you have a blessed Christmas anyway. Before she could hang up, I asked her to tell me more about herself, and she told me that she was a widow and that she was trying to get by on her Social Security and small pension from her husband's job. My first thought, I smell a scam. But when I had her on the phone, I looked up the Salvation Army's number. I know, a little anal. And it was only one number off from mine, so I guessed it was legit. Anyway, we talked several minutes more, and she said that every year at Christmas, she called all the organizations that had done nice things for her. After she hung up, I was struck by the overwhelming feeling that the wrong number was not an accident. I had always said that Christmas, more than any time of the year, was a time to share and help out others. And this felt as if God was prompting me to help out this woman. So I decided to make her Christmas better if I could. I rounded up some people in my small group. Actually, I twisted their arms by saying this. There's a little old grandma who is all alone at Christmas. Don't you think you should help? They agreed to help with that, and I called this elderly lady. She said her name was Goldie, and she said it would be okay. We went to her home with some Christmas presents, as well as a food card for groceries. Her home was in bad shape, and she had been sleeping on her couch for a long time because she didn't have a bed. She had a cat, and there was some garbage and filth everywhere. There were containers of food in the kitchen that I had no idea how old they were. I was shocked that someone who lived so close to me, where I lived, lived like this. And I was thankful for all the blessings God had given me. I felt bad for ever complaining about how hard my life was, but mostly I felt an overwhelming desire to continue to help this woman. Since then, I visited Goldie several times. I was able to get her a new bed and even a couch. I've helped her clean her house and gone to get her groceries. Although I must admit it sometimes was hard for me to go to her house because of the conditions in which she lived in, I think it was my own guilt about the relatively extravagant way I lived that made me feel uncomfortable. But I guess I need to get over that. Every time I visit or take something that she needs, I remind myself there is a real need right here in Muncie. I've been able to be used by God to serve Goldie, and nothing tops that feeling. Thanks for listening, Chris. John. You know, I love the way he ended his email. Did you see what he said? He said, nothing tops the feeling of serving other people. 
And the reality is, nothing does stop that. Nothing tops when you give yourself away. And all it took was John picked up a phone and he said, God, I'm available. And then he experienced the joy of serving. One of the original five people that helped start the jar in my house who moved was a good friend of Jennifer and mine named Abby. And Abby has experienced it all. She has served in almost every single way in the life of the jar. And most of all, she has put up for me, put up with me for five years. I mean, besides my wife, you know, no one puts up with me longer than five years. I'm surprised some of you have lasted that long, you know. And she is really a saint. And this past week, she shared with me one of her favorite stories of serving. She writes, My favorite serving story relates to a time when I was at Walmart getting ready to check out. It seemed like half of Muncie was there. This was before two Walmarts. And everyone was ready to check out at the same time. But there were only four checkout lanes open. Hard to believe. I know. Needless to say, each lane was stacked about six customers deep. And people were standing in line complaining about why they only had four checkout lines open and all these people were standing. It would have been very easy for me to join in the complaining, and at some times I do. But this time I decided to focus on the person running the register rather than my own frustration. When it was my turn to check out, I picked up a bag of M&Ms and added it to my items to be checked out. Like usual, after she rang up all of the groceries, she saw the M&Ms and asked me if I wanted them in my purse or if they wanted me to bag or if they or if they wanted me to bag it. Have them to bag it. I told her that it looked like she was pretty good uh and uh that Sorry for a second. I told her that it looked like she was getting a pretty good workout that evening and that I had actually bought the M&Ms for her and gave her one of our free cards from the church which lets her know that she is loved, no strings attached. With a look of surprise and amazement, she stated that no one had ever done anything like that before. I left wondering why I hadn't done something like that earlier because it was so great to see the smile on her face. Since that time, I often buy a candy bar for the person running, running the register when I check out. Isn't that a cool story? A very, very simple thing, but an amazing result. And it never ceases to amaze me how God can give human beings creativity to serve if we just say, God, I'm available. I'm open to serve. I mean, all Abby did was open the door just a little bit and said, God, I'm available. And all of a sudden, here's this woman smiling and there's impact in her life while everyone else around is doing nothing but complaining. Well, let me share one more e- email. You guys got time for one more? I guess you don't really have a choice, though, do you? <laughs> Especially you people sitting like in the middle of these places, you know, can't get out. You know, I'm always amazed because... Some of you kind of have assigned seats now, you know? You kind of get here and you plop down and most of you get on the ends. 
And then new people come in and they're like, man, where am I supposed to sit? And you're like, ah, get in the middle, dude, you know. So I watch these things, okay? Lighten up, move in the middle, gee whiz. All right, one more story. Hey, Chris, I left work one evening and was running late for an appointment. It was pouring down rain and very cold and windy. As I stopped for a red light, there was a young woman and a little boy about four years old crossing the street. She was trying to hold on to an umbrella that the wind had turned inside out. She was, the little boy walked close to her to keep the rain off his face, and it was slowing them down. I passed them, went around the block, came back, and asked them if they needed help with something because of the weather being so bad. I know it's not a good idea for a single woman to do this, but I felt God's prompting to do it. She climbed in my van and strapped the little boy into the booster seat that I keep in the back seat for one of my grandkids, and we were off. We only went four blocks. But she was so thankful to have to not have to walk that far in the cold and rain and wind. The little boy was very talkative and told me about a toy he had received. I dropped them off at their destination, and she gave a simple smile and a thank you. I felt that God had led me to help them and not worry about rushing to my appointment. Thanks for listening to my story. Blessings, Marilyn. What a cool story. I mean, she's on her way, and she has an appointment, a destination she needs to get to. And so often in my life, and I'm sure in yours, you're going and you see people in need, but you're thinking, man, i got to get there on time. But she said, God, if you want me to be available, I will. She sees the need, and she stops, and she reaches out, and she helps this young woman and her small child. You know, something very powerful happens to your life when you choose to serve. Well, here are some, those are some amazing stories of people who went outside these walls, outside themselves to serve other people. But uh, it's also a powerful thing to serve here inside the church, to serve uh, on a regular Sunday morning. Stephanie Hawkins has uh, been attending the JAR since May. And in July, she accepted Jesus as her Lord, and I had the honor of baptizing her at Prairie Creek Reservoir. And she was very excited about Jesus and the jar, but she just didn't know how to get plugged into a way to serve. And uh, she sent me an email recently in which she said this. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I just wanted to tell you how awesome it is to serve on Sunday. I don't know if you know my story, but here it goes. After attending the jar for a few months, I really started to grow a desire to serve and share God's love with others in some way, but I didn't know how. Then on one Sunday, the church did this great thing. You had sign-up booths all around the gym for ways for people to get involved and serve. You could sign up for the tech team, children's ministry, uh, set-up team, many more things, just like we have today. And she writes, I thought to myself, this is a perfect place to start. I only have to commit myself to one month or one week a month so I don't have to get overwhelmed and I can help out, kind of do my part. So I signed up to be a part of the hospitality team, to be a greeter. When the first Sunday came for me to serve, it was really awesome. 
I was just so excited to be able to warmly greet everyone as they came into church that day and to help start their Sunday off with a friendly smile. I know it wasn't much, but I felt great to be able to serve Jesus in the jar and have done so a Sunday a month ever since. You know, I was reading a statistic this week. People come back to church for the second week. They make that decision up within the first 12 minutes they're at church. You know what that means? If you're new here today, you'll choose to come back not because the band was great, not necessarily because I spoke, but because of our initial group of hospitality people who greet people and you greet people and let them know that they're welcome. Twelve minutes, a person makes a decision whether they'll ever come back again. And Stephanie said, you know, it's no big deal. You know what? It's the biggest deal. Because it's that kind of thing that can have an eternal impact on people's lives. So today, I want to encourage you, just like Stephanie did, before you leave, remember the Super Bowl doesn't start until 6, you can stop, walk around some of these tables. We're going to give you extra time to do that. And you can check it out. You can sign up for something and serve, commit to serve. Just in one thing that you could do. Just say, God, I'm available. If you direct me to the children's ministry, I will go. Okay? And I will serve in whatever way that you want me to. Because I want to make a difference in this place. Here's our last story. Hey Chris, thought I'd just share with you something cool that happened today. It was early this morning, about 7 a.m., and I just passed the Kmart in town. As I looked up, I noticed a car stopped in the middle of the road and it was not moving. I pulled over behind it and got to see if and went up to see if I could be of assistance. I approached the vehicle to find a large man sitting in the passenger seat. I mean large man, the kind that could have ate me for breakfast that morning. Tentatively, I asked, "You okay?" to which he informed me that he ran out of gas. The Speedway gas station was just up the road, and so I told him that we could push his car up the hill. He got out of the car, but I could tell he was in a lot of pain in his back, and he showed me the scar where he had recently had back surgery. So I told him, you stay in the car, and I'll push. So with a Mr. Universe kind of push, I pushed it about ten, no, not miles, not even blocks, Ten feet, and it started to roll back towards me. The hill was too much. So reluctantly, I got my Silverado. It was brand new, three weeks old. And I lined the bumpers up as close as I could, thinking, I hope my wife doesn't kill me. I pushed the car up the hill across Martin Luther King Boulevard and into the Speedway gas station. I got out and told him that I would pump his gas because I could tell his back was hurting too much. And he hung his head and informed me that he didn't have any money. I told him I would pump $10 worth myself and that would get him home. I pumped the gas and went to pay. As I entered the speedway, the lady behind the counter told me to go ahead, get two cups of coffee for free, and she would pay for them. She started to cry. 
Her eyes teared up. And she told me, That that man had been sitting there since 5 a.m. She saw him get out of his car, try to push it himself, but nobody stopped to help. She thanked me. I thanked her for the coffee. So I walked outside and told the gentleman about the lady inside and gave him a cup of coffee. This enormous man started tearing up and began to cry. He told me that he was going through a terrible time in his life. He was messed up on drugs and he honestly didn't know if he'd ever turn his life around. He said he couldn't believe that someone would go to all the trouble after he saw so many people drive by. And then he told me that I was a really cool guy. Trust me, I don't get this very often. And then he said that uh, I'd like to hang out with you sometime. I responded by telling him about uh, the fact that everyone goes through problems and that all of us need a helping hand from time to time. I told him how I belong to an awesome church called The Jar and I'd love to hang out with him some Sunday. The conversation got emotional as we talked about God and I listened more about his problems. And I shared some of mine. Afterwards, he told me that he'd see me at church on Sunday. Well, I've never seen that man again. But some Sundays, when I look at the mission statement hanging from the wall to love our community into a relationship with Jesus Christ, I think of him. You see... I know God made a lasting impression on that man, the woman behind the counter, and myself that day. And I got two scratches on my bumper of my new truck to prove it. Thanks for listening. Chuck Mott. That's pretty good, isn't it? Just some little act of serving... And yet it impacted three people's lives and maybe two of them for eternity. You see, just some availability, some generosity, setting aside as, you know, kind of those thoughts that, man, I got to get to this place, I got to get this done, I got to get this other thing taken care of. Just by saying, God, you want to use me in some way? Go ahead. You know, folks, I can't teach or say it better than that story right there. I couldn't. That's why I decided to use stories today. Will you all get a hand? You did a good job teaching today. Okay. I'll plan on you for next week, too. Okay. Kind of lighten me up a little bit. But this, this is how we're going to close today. Chuck, the same guy that wrote that story, uh, wrote a song called Hands and Feet. And uh, we're going to stand up. We're going to sing this in just a second. So go ahead and stand up. And I just want you to ponder this question. God, where do you want me to 
to be hands and feet and serve people this week. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to be down here praying that God would reveal to you exactly where He wants you to serve. And that you do it this week. So let's sing this together.
as human beings to serve. And when we don't serve God, health problems, all kinds of stuff. And so God, help us this week to be hands and feet to the people around us. And Jesus, maybe for some people it's their first time they've ever been here. And God, they're just trying to figure out who this Jesus is. And, and would your hands and would your arms just wrap around them let them know that they're loved in this place. God, can we leave from this place to stop at a table and uh, to find a way to serve? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you leave, uh, Jennifer Bennett's going to come up, and she's going to explain how the ministry fair will kind of function so that uh, you'll kind of know what's going on. It'll be real quick. Hold on just for a second. So you can go around to 